Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Those of you who have been listening to this program for many years, watching Levin TV for six years, watching me on my Fox show for four and a half years, you'll know that China's been a main focus. You'll have hosts and others who say, as I mentioned years ago, they never mentioned a damn thing. They follow current events, pretty much. We talk about current events, too, but they're not forward-looking. And that's the problem. And we've used charts to show the buildup of the Chinese military. We've talked about it over and over again, and it's here. One of the other things we've talked about includes our media when it comes to communist China. Many in the media are bought off by the communist Chinese. They like going to these autocratic places where they're treated like kings and queens where their best ideologies that is their obsession with uh, centralized you know social engineering is playing out they look at a society like that and they approve of it some of them are basketball players some of them are politicians And some of them are columnists. As I wrote in Liberty and Tyranny many years ago now, Thomas Friedman of the New York Slimes has been a huge apologist for the communist Chinese government. He was on TV just a few days ago telling our government to tamp it down, telling Pelosi, why are you going? That we were provoking the communist Chinese. All of a sudden... China would decide who can and cannot go to Taiwan. Well, that's a new one. As they used one tactic after another, one step after another, to try and control 
the island nation of Taiwan. And yes, it's a nation. Chuck Ross. Chuck Ross discovers over at Free Beacon. New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman last month hosted a delegation from Think Tank, a think tank helmed by a Chinese government advisor, deeply enmeshed in Beijing's propaganda operations. Now, this guy, Thomas Friedman, married into enormous wealth. He and his wife live on seven acres in some of the most valuable area outside of Washington, D.C., either Bethesda or Chevy Chase. And Thomas Friedman has been sitting on his fat ass, writing for the New York Times for decades, the Freedmans are best friends with the John Roberts family. So you can see where John Roberts is influenced, like so many in Washington, D.C. But Friedman has been a longtime apologist for communist China, as I wrote in Liberty and Tyranny. And he demonstrates that again. Friedman met in July with Wang Yao, the president of the Center for China and Globalization, to discuss, quote, mega trends and the transformation of globalization in the post-pandemic era, unquote. Freeman also hosted the group at Planet World, a Washington, D.C.-based language museum run by his wife, Anne. Wang advises the Chinese government, is an official of two United Front organizations, and helped develop China's controversial, quote, Thousand Talents, unquote, program, which the FBI says... Beijing uses to steal trade secrets from American companies and create national security risks for the U.S. government. The think tank has been linked to China's United Front system, which the Communist Party uses to influence, quote, universities, think tanks, scholar journalists, and government officials, according to a Trump administration report. Friedman reportedly one of President Joe Biden's favorite newspaper columnists wrote in a Times column on Tuesday that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan is, quote, utterly reckless. I think he's the modern, as a friend put it, Walter Durante, don't you, Mr. Producer? An apologist for the communist Chinese. The communist has repeatedly urged government officials to take a softer stance towards Beijing. Chinese state media last year touted Friedman's remarks in an interview with Wang or is it Wang, that America could not succeed without a healthy relationship with China. So we can't succeed without China. That's Friedman. He conducted a glowing interview in 2019 with the head of the Chinese tech giant, Huawei, in which he asked what, quote, America loses by blocking the company from building 5G infrastructure because of its links to Chinese intelligence. The Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist has also made inaccurate claims that China's efforts to deter Russia's actions in Ukraine while criticizing Pelosi's trip in an interview last week. Friedman said that China's helping us in Ukraine and cautioned against poking the great bear right now. Remember, I talked about that. But U.S. officials have publicly criticized Beijing for supporting Russia, as the New York Times reported last month. And the State Department said in May that Chinese Communist Party media outlets routinely amplify Kremlin propaganda, conspiracy theories, and disinformation. This is about the American media. This is about the 800-pound media gorilla, the New York Slimes. It supported Stalin. It supported the Third Reich. It supported Castro. And now it's supporting Xi in China. 
like Friedman. Wang also criticized Pelosi for her Taiwan visit, calling it very, very bad move in an interview with Bloomberg News over the weekend. And he portrayed China as a potential peacemaker in Ukraine in a Times op-ed in March, a New York Times op-ed. The gray lady came under fire for the peace for failing to disclose that Wang is a Chinese government advisor. Because the New York Slimes is in communist China's corner. That is the pattern and practice and history of the New York Times. The Center for China and Globalization has downplayed its links to the Chinese government, saying that it is independent from direct government control, but the organization acknowledges that Wang advises several Chinese government agencies and serves on two organizations, Western Return Scholars Association and the China Overseas Friendship Association that are both part of the CCP's United Front. Biden administration, in an intelligence memo last month, sounded the alarm about the United Front. The director of National Intel called the United Front a coalition of entities working towards the Communist China Party's goals that plays a leading role in China's foreign influence efforts. Doesn't have to do much for Thomas Friedman, does it? And the center touted the stateside trips as an overseas think tank engagement mission filled with productive meetings. Wang met with leaders of several groups known as, uh, excuse me, known for sympathetic views towards China, including the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations, the Asia Society, the U.S.-China Business Council. And after meeting with Friedman, Wang visited with the head of CGTN America, a TV station controlled by the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda department. So the number one columnist for the New York Slimes who gets Pulitzer Prizes like little kids get lollipops because he's a radical left-wing kook promoted by the New York Times thinks we're provoking communist China. And in my view, certainly from a policy perspective, he's been in the back pocket of the communist Chinese regime for years and years and I think his views are illustrative of the mass media in our own country especially the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost especially the TV networks in this country they're a little confounded because it was Nancy Pelosi who defied the communist Chinese and went to Taiwan not a Republican if it had been a Republican course they would have completely and utterly eviscerated the Republican and the Republicans for provoking this entire thing China was somewhat under control China was somewhat in a cage if you the proverbial cage if you will when Donald Trump was president now like Russia Iran North Korea all of our enemies As I told you in the lead-up to the election, they were rooting for Joe Biden and the Democrats, and they got what they wanted. They got what they wanted. Now, here's the deal. Xi is going to attack Taiwan militarily and try and invade it, or economically encircle it and choke it off. I said we needed to get weapons to them as soon as possible, because it would be very difficult to get weapons to them once the communist Chinese encircle that island. That is exactly what's happened. I'm no military expert. I didn't have to go to West Point or I didn't have to go anywhere. Just use your noggin and look at a map. It's an island. 
Why do you think the communist Chinese have built up their navy to bigger than our navy? Why do you think they have militarized islands right there in the South China Sea? Why do you think they've developed certain weapons for the purpose of attacking Taiwan and, by the way, the United States? You don't need to be General Milley to figure this stuff out. Amazing, isn't it? And where is Dick Cheney? Is he complaining about this? No, he just cut an ad trashing Donald Trump for his daughter. Trashing Donald Trump. Well, where is George Bush? How come he's not speaking out? He's too busy. Painting. Where are all the former generals and admirals who are so outspoken against Trump? They can't speak out against Biden? No, they can't, apparently. They think this is all swell. No problem at all. Where are all the hawks in the Republican Party? Many of them are fearful that they'll be called out and attacked as super neocons, a.k.a. Jews. So now defending America, defending our liberty, defending our sovereignty, and defending our allies, and we have allies for the purpose of defending us. Now that's a super neocon view. Next thing you know, they'll be calling it a MAGA or mega neocon view. Well, guess what? Those kind of labels mean nothing to me. Nothing. I want you to look at what took place before World War I, and in particular before World War II, when the pacifists and isolationists had their way. I want you to look at it. How many lives that cost the American people? As Hitler got stronger and stronger and stronger, as Mussolini got stronger and stronger and stronger, as Tojo got stronger and stronger and stronger, and their militaries bigger and bigger and bigger, while our isolationist Congress, and that's Republicans and Democrats, sat on their asses. And then somebody else's kids and grandkids had to go to Europe, had to go to Asia, had to go to North Africa, and fight to get territory back initially in order to take on the enemy. We lost many, many, many lives in World War II in Europe. And we have senators like Josh Hawley who say, well, we can't, you know, what do you expect us to do? Our generation. Got to choose one, China or, or Europe. Is, is that right? What did the greatest generation do? They said, well, we've got to choose one. Either Europe goes under Hitler or, you know, or we can fight in the Pacific, but we can't do both. The fact of the matter is, the United States Congress is not building up our military to the point it needs to be built up. I don't care what General Petraeus said on my show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Way too political, I thought his answers were. Way too political. Now, you have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see what's going on here. Almost a century ago, it was Germany, Japan, and Italy. Today, it's Russia, China, and Iran. We got to wake up. I'll be right back. Mark in.
Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Director Ray, who is the most significant geopolitical foe the United States faces in the next decade? That would be the People's Republic of China and specifically the Chinese Communist Party. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The fact of the matter is, We do not have a ruling class. We do not have a federal government that is focusing seriously on this. Now, what am I talking about? What is Congress doing right now? Tanking our economy further. I'll get to that later. Our borders are wide open. Anybody can roll in here, including communist Chinese spies, including fentanyl manufactured in communist China, provided to the drug cartels in Mexico and killing American citizens. You haven't heard Democrats, a rare one here and there, but you haven't heard Democrats as a choir complaining about any of this. You haven't heard the Biden administration taking any of this seriously. You see the, excuse me, the border is wide open. You see they're not taking our military needs seriously. They're not taking our military personnel seriously. They're turning them into a bunch of, uh, or trying to, I should say. I don't think they'll succeed, but they're trying to turn them into a bunch of, well, public school teachers, I guess, with the wokeism. This is bad, bad stuff. (coughs) What would Mark do? I've got several ideas that I've shared with you before, and I want to share them again and add a few. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate. 
at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, I look at what's going on now in this country in response to communist China among the ruling class. And I'm telling you the parallels to the 1930s are significant. Even though it's a minority, in terms of influencers, that is propagandists in the media and in the political parties, the same kind of arguments that were made as Germany, Italy, and Japan were rising are being made today. They're being made today. And we have in the White House an individual who these so-called protectionists, isolationists, pacifists, they claim to be American firsters. Charles Lindbergh claimed to be an American firster and was also an isolationist. And yet when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, he immediately reversed course and embraced the buildup of the military and declarations of war against these, these enemies. Some still did not. Some still did not. Joe Kennedy Sr., who was appointed ambassador at one point to Britain, was such an apologist for the Third Reich that FDR had to pull him as ambassador, had to remove him. And we have a problem like that in this country today. Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan wasn't a provocation of any kind. The Chinese have positioned it as a provocation. But even worse than the 1930s as, as applies to the United States, the communist Chinese control many of our major corporations. Control them can threaten them, can break them. Whether they're in entertainment, that is, movie houses or basketball, sneaker industry, Apple computers, and on and on and on. We have communist Chinese propagandists and institutes throughout academia. We have significant politicians, including the President of the United States, who've been tainted with and influenced by enormous sons of communist Chinese money, as well as media figures in the New York Times and the Washington Post and throughout the media who do not reveal themselves and their connections. They have to be uncovered. And then we have their arguments. We have the arguments from the radical left, basic appeasement. We didn't have to provoke communist China. The Speaker of the House didn't have to go to communist China, uh, to Taiwan. So we're the provocateurs. And then you have the phony American firsters. First it's, Ty- it's uh, Ukraine, and now it's Taiwan, I guess next it'll be uh, Nebraska. I don't know. 
But the enemy sees all this. They see the weak ruling class. They see this poison of pacifism and isolationism. It's one thing to oppose the globalization of our institutions, which I strongly oppose. It's one thing to demand an honest deal. It's quite another when it comes to national security and geopolitics to surrender the rest of the world, including our allies, including key strategic locations, to regimes that have every intention of harming us economically and otherwise. That is unacceptable. We've lost so many wonderful fellow Americans in past generations fighting to correct the mistakes that didn't have to be made. We can, of course, point to Iraq and Afghanistan as quote-unquote forever wars. But let's take a look at World War II. We're not talking about Iraq and Afghanistan. We're talking about alliances of major powers with major weapon systems that are conquering territory or seeking to conquer territory, including among our allies. The reason why Neville Chamberlain is despised is because he tried to do what Biden and Blinken and the Putinoids with their hemorrhoids and the rest of them keep demanding. Diplomacy. Diplomacy with Hitler. And he got what he wanted, a piece of paper. There was diplomacy between Britain and Communist China with Hong Kong. They got what they wanted, a piece of paper. Hong Kong is now part of Communist China for all intents and purposes. A piece of paper with the Iranian regime that now has nuclear technology, which it can never lose. It's always in the mind. But don't worry, we got a piece of paper for it. Got the piece of paper. We got a piece of paper from Russia in 1994 to help secure Ukraine's borders if it surrendered its nuclear power, its nuclear weapons. We got a piece of paper. Wow. I spent a lot of time yesterday explaining where China is in the world. I didn't even finish. Why is China in our hemisphere? Why is China buying so much of America farmland, including near some of our bases? Why is China stealing our technology, especially our military technology? Why is China in Central and South America? Why is China essentially on both sides of the Panama Canal? Why is China getting a naval base or trying to in the Solomon Islands in the middle of the Pacific and on the west coast of Africa? What's that all about? Why is China threatening Japan, threatening the Philippines, threatening Australia, threatening Vietnam, who's our new ally, and of course, poised to invade Taiwan? Why is communist China using debt 
to control significant parts of the continent of Africa for ports, but also for cobalt and other rare earth minerals? Why is communist China working with the Taliban to secure mining rights for their rare earth minerals? Even more. What is this administration doing about it? It's shrinking the Navy. It's shrinking the Air Force. It's shrinking the Army and the Marines. It's shrinking the Coast Guard. It's woking, if you will. I'll use it as a verb. It's woking military personnel. It can't meet its recruitment numbers. Why are they doing this? Why in the face of communist China like this did we kill a program that was started under Donald Trump that targeted like a laser resources, intelligence services to prevent the communist Chinese from stealing our proprietary technology from our private companies? They said we cannot focus on it because of ethnicity, did the administration. Why have they already cut some of the trade deals, some of the trade deal with communist China rather than the opposite. Seems to me we're doing everything we're not supposed to be doing when faced with this. Why don't we have a speech from the President of the United States explaining the threats that we now face? For one, he can't speak, and for two, I told you he's the Manchurian president, like the movie The Manchurian Candidate. Christopher Ray, I am no fan of this man. I think he's an incompetent boob. But he said something today that was frightening. They open one case every 12 hours, the FBI, involving Chinese espionage. That's two a day. We have an Attorney General of the United States who brags that more resources are being spent on January 6th protesters. Protesters, not rioters, protesters. Then the Department of Justice has applied to any other matter today or in its history. Now we are in a Cold War. I announced it last year, two years ago, with Communist China. The communist China is prepared for war if it comes to that. And their plan is, as I read to you, by 2027 to essentially be equivalent to our military. They clearly have more more people in uniform than we do. It's a country of 1.4 billion people. We're almost a rounding figure with 330 million. They now have, I think, if not equality, superiority when it comes to strategic locations of various military assets. And you hear the damn fools in our country, including in the Republican Party. Why do we have uh, the bases in uh, Europe? Why do we have bases in uh, They can afford it. Why do we have bases in the Middle East? Why do we have... We fought for those damn bases, you morons. And they're there for a reason. 
not because we're provocateurs, not because we support forever wars, but in order to secure this nation. I guess they're not aware of the nuclear age, are they? Or stealth bombers or stealth fighters. And yes, the communist Chinese now have them, as do the Russians. I guess they're not aware of killer satellites. I guess they're not aware of anything, quite frankly. America hasn't started this. We have enemies who are trying to exploit the imbecile who's in the Oval Office right now and the people who control Congress. Reuters, Japan protests after Chinese missiles land in its exclusive economic zone. In the past, that would be an act of war. Five ballistic missiles fired by China appear to have landed in Japan's exclusive economic zone, Japanese Defense Minister Nobokishi said, part of military exercises launched by China earlier in the day. We should help the Japanese muscle up their military. And we should, yes, help provide them with tactical nuclear weapons. How do you think North Korea got nuclear power, uh, nuclear weapons? You think they developed them? You really think they developed it? Or do you think somebody helped them? The communist Chinese helped them. North Korea is incapable of building anything. Where did they get this technology from? They got it from the communist Chinese. That's where they got it from. North Korea is a puppet state of the communist Chinese. South Korea used to have tactical nuclear weapons. But because North Korea promised not to develop nuclear weapons, we removed our tactical nuclear weapons from South Korea. Well, put them back. Put them back. Oh, I know. But the pacifists, the phony colonels, the phony generals, I know what they lost. That's provocative. Well, so be it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You've got a handful of senators led by Tom Cotton and a few Democrats who want to pass a bill to prevent communist China from buying any more farmland in this country, and they need to pass it and pass it fast. Enough with these delays, for damn sake. Enough with them. 
And I'm going to spend my entire Sunday show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, on communist China. And you're going to really, I think, find my monologue compelling. I haven't done it yet, but I know what I'm going to say. And uh, we'll have two tremendous guests. I know who they are, but I don't want to announce them too early because of the backbenchers. I'll tell you tomorrow, Friday, when it's too late for them to act. I want to tell you a little story next hour, too, about a breakthrough battery discovery here in the United States. That the Department of Energy gave to the Communist Chinese in 2021. Gave it to them. And you know who read, who led this story in the investigation? National Pubic Radio. We gave it to them. They didn't even steal it. We gave it to them. Can't tell me we haven't had, the Chinese haven't had effective penetration into our ruling class here. Those of you who have been subscribing to Levin TV, you have the ability to look back many, many years in the archives of my programs on communist China and my endless warnings. Take a look at them. I think you should. And do do yourselves and us another favor as a country. These people on television and radio... These people on television and radio have backgrounds and and very little, actually, relevant to what they're talking about. When you hear them attacking the United States, pretending that China's not a grave threat, attacking our allies, downplaying the seriousness of our enemies, stop listening to them and stop watching them. They're going to get people in this country killed. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 3811 since 1960 uh, there have been certain spikes but pretty much the trajectory of defense spending as a percentage of the GDP has gone down uh, the highest point was 1967 9.42% since 1960 1967 9.42% of the GDP Today, so you get a sense for where we are, it's 3.74% of the GDP. 3.74%. The height of World War II was 41% of the GDP. People keep talking about defense spending. 
They talk about it in absolute numbers. But they don't talk about it as it matters, the percentage of the gross domestic product. Three and three quarters cents out of every dollar the federal government spends. Excuse me, out of every dollar the economy creates. 3.74 cents out of every dollar the economy creates. Does that sound like we're spending too much on defense? We're in a cold war that's becoming a hot war with the communist Chinese. Their technologies are quite sophisticated because they stole them from us. Or we gave it to them. Now, Some of you, your eyebrows are still probably high into your foreheads after I told you that we had breakthrough battery discovery that we gave to the communist Chinese. So today a piece came out very early in the morning from NPR by Courtney Flatt and Laura Sullivan, of all places. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to read you this. When a group of engineers and researchers gathered in a warehouse in Mucalatillo, Washington, 10 years ago, they knew they were onto something big. They scrounged up tables and chairs, cleared out space in the parking lot for experiments, and got to work. They were building a battery, a vanadium Rido flow, ba- flow battery, based on a design created by two dozen U.S. scientists at a government lab. The batteries were about the size of a refrigerator, held enough energy to power a house, and could be used for decades. The engineers pictured people plunking them down next to their air conditioners, attaching solar panels to them, and everyone living happily ever after off the grid. It was beyond promise, said Chris Howard, one of the engineers who worked there for a U.S. company called Una Energy. We were seeing it functioning as designed, as expected. But that's not what happened. Instead of the batteries becoming the next great American success story, the warehouse is now shuttered and empty. All the employees who worked there were laid off. And more than 5,200 miles away, a Chinese company is hardworking making the batteries in Dalian, China. The company didn't steal this technology. It was given to them by the U.S. Department of Energy. First in 2017 as part of a sub-license, and later in 2021 as part of a license transfer. That is... The entire technology was transferred to the communist Chinese company in 2021. An investigation by NPR and Northwest News Network found the federal agency allowed the technology and jobs to move overseas, violating its own licensing rules while failing to intervene on behalf of U.S. workers in multiple instances. Now, communist China has forged ahead, investing millions into the cutting-edge green technology that was supposed to help keep the U.S. and its economy out front. Department of Energy officials declined NPR's request for an interview to explain how that technology that cost American taxpayers millions of dollars ended up in communist China. After NPR sent department officials written questions outlining the timeline of events, the federal agency terminated the license with the Chinese company, Dalian Ronke Power Company, LTD. 
quote, DOE takes America's manufacturing obligations within its contracts extremely seriously, the department wrote. If DOE determines that a contractor owns a DOE-funded patent or downstream license is in violation of its manufacturing obligations, DOE will explore all legal remedies. But they have the technology now. Whether they have the license or not is beside the point. They know how to do it. That's the point. How many times do I have to say our ruling class is ideologically driven, utterly incompetent, and mostly un-American? The department is now conducting an internal review of the licensing of the vanadium battery technology and whether this license and others have violated U.S. manufacturing requirements. This would be like giving top technology related to incredibly important energy production to Germany and or Japan and or Italy in the lead up to World War II. Forever Energy, a Bellevue, Washington-based company, is one of several companies that have long been trying to get a license from the Department of Energy to make the batteries. Joanne Skivoski, Forever Energy's financial chief financial officer, has been trying to get hold of a license for more than a year, called the department's decision to allow foreign manufacturing mind-boggling. Not to me. Not with the Manchurian president. This is technology made from taxpayer dollars. It was invented in a national lab. Now it's deployed in China, and it's held in China. To say it's frustrating is an understatement, she said. And the idea for this vanadium redox battery began in the basement of a government lab three hours southwest of Seattle called Pacific Northwest National Lab. It was 2006, and more than two dozen scientists began to suspect that a special mix of acid and electrolyte could hold unusual amounts of energy without degrading. They turned out to be right. Took six years and more than 15 million taxpayer dollars for the scientists to uncover what they believed was the perfect vanadium battery recipe. Others had made similar batteries with vanadium, but this mix was twice as powerful and didn't appear to degrade the way cell phone batteries or even car batteries do. Can you imagine? The researchers found the batteries capable of charging and recharging for as long as 30 years. This is a game changer. Literally a game changer. And we gave it to the Communist Chinese, the Department of Energy. Gary Yang, the lead scientist on the project, said he was excited to see if he could make the batteries outside the lab. The lab encourages scientists to do just that in an effort to bring critical new technology into the marketplace. The lab and the U.S. government still hold the patents because U.S. taxpayers paid for the research. 2012, Yang applied to the Department of Energy for a license to manufacture and sell the batteries. The agency issued the license, and Yang launched Una Energy Technologies. He hired engineers and researchers, but he soon ran into trouble. said he couldn't persuade any U.S. investors to come aboard. Yeah, they're too busy investing in communist China. He said a fellow scientist connected him with a Chinese businessman named Yanhu Li and a company called Dalian Ronke Power Company LTD, along with its parent company, and he jumped at the chance to have them invest, even help manufacture the batteries. 
At first, Una Energy Technologies did the bulk of the battery assembly in the warehouse. But over the course of the next few years, more and more of the manufacturing and assembling began to shift to the Communist Chinese company. And in 2017, Yang formalized the relationship and granted Galian Ronke Power Company, the Chinese company, an official sub-license, allowing the company to make the batteries in China. Now, you need to understand something. Technology like this that has the potential to be used for military applications or other certain applications have to go through the Department of State. It's considered an export. So we have export control regimes at the Department of State and the Department of Commerce. The ones that involve enemies like China or adversaries need approval through the Department of State the more routine or typical type technologies go through a, a lesser stringent process or a less stringent process at the Department of Commerce. This should never have happened, ever. Ever. And also, the original license requires him to sell a certain number of batteries in the U.S. and it says those batteries must be substantially manufactured here. But Yang failed to do that. And the ones that did so, including in one instance to the U.S. Navy, were made in China. Can you believe this? But Yang said in all those years, neither the lab nor the department questioned him or raised any issues. Then in 2019, Howard said, Una Energy Technology officials gathered all the engineers in a meeting room. He said supervisors told them they would have to work in China for the Chinese company for four months at a time. It was unclear, certainly to myself and other engineers, he said, what the plan was. Yang acknowledges he wanted his U.S. engineers to work in China, but he says it was because he thought the Chinese company could help teach them critical skills. Yang was born in China, but as a U.S. citizen, got his Ph.D., the University of Connecticut, said he wanted to manufacture the entire battery in the U.S., but that the U.S. does not have the supply chain he required he said China's more advanced when it comes to manufacturing and engineering utility-scale batteries. In this field, manufacturing and engineering, China's ahead of the U.S., Yang said. He said he didn't send the battery and engineers abroad to help China. What the hell did he think would happen? And why did the U.S. government approve it? But news reports at the time show the moves were helping China. The Chinese government launched several large demonstration projects and announced millions of dollars in funding for large-scale vanadium batteries. As battery work took off in China, Yang was facing more financial trouble in the U.S., so he made a decision that would, again, keep the technology from staying in the U.S. In 2021, Yang transferred the battery license to a European company based in the Netherlands. The company told NPR it initially planned to continue making the batteries in China and then would set up a factory in Germany, eventually hoping to manufacture in the U.S. Vanitas Power needed to manufacture batteries in Europe because the European Union has strict rules about where companies can manufacture products. But the U.S. has these types of rules, too. Any transfer of U.S. government license requires U.S. government approval, as I just pointed out, so that manufacturing doesn't move overseas. The U.S. has lost significant jobs. We've lost jobs. 
even bigger. We lost technology. The department official said the review teach transfer for compliance and said the new rules put in place last summer by the Biden administration will close loopholes and keep more manufacturing here. But 2021 was the Biden administration. twenty eighteen the Government Accountability Office found the Department of Energy lacked resources to properly monitor its licenses, relied on antiquated computer systems, didn't have consistent policies across its left. How much more damn money does the government need? Are we gonna give the government how much more debt and deficit spending? So they have computers, competent people can track licenses before they go to the enemy. Seriously, how much money do you need? In this case, it was an American company, Forever Energy, that raised concerns about the license with Una Energy more than a year ago. Joanne Skivaski said she and others from the company repeatedly warned the department that the Una Energy license was not in compliance. In emails, NPR has reviewed department officials, told them that it was. How is it that the National Lab did not require U.S. manufacturing? Not only is it a violation of the license, it's a violation to our country, she said. And she's right. Unfriggin' believable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and get one month free. You know, I, I, I read that piece to you. You would think... That people who get paid, paid, to oversee the license exports of technology, that that's what they're supposed to do for a living, would especially make sure that enemy states and states that steal our technology are watched very, 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 very carefully. That's not just a job you go in and you punch a ticket. That's supposed to be a serious, substantive job. This company should be punished severely. It should be banned from any future licenses. Moreover, like a friend of mine just texted me, how can we never know the names of these government officials? 
Who signed the dotted line and approved this? And are they still there? Is there ever, ever any accountability for these monstrous failures? And then I look at defense spending. Where are the media? Why don't they look at the same damn charts I'm looking at? They talk about the amount of money we spend on defense. Why don't you talk about the percent of the gross domestic product? 3.74%? That's insufficient. The main job of the federal government is to protect us, our borders, our security. And they're spending far more on domestic spending and redistribution of wealth and entitlements than they are on their primary job. It's their primary job, ladies and gentlemen, because individuals can't do it. Towns and cities can't do it. States can't do it. The feds have to do it. This is the one area they have actual monopoly power, and they won't do it. They won't do it. Where are the hearings? Well, the party that's doing this is not going to hold hearings. Where's that great hawk, Liz Cheney? She's not. She's a fraud and a phony. A fraud and a phony. 3.74% of gross domestic product. We're in the middle of a very, very grave Cold War. And the enemy, the enemy's chopping at the bit to go to war with us. Chopping at the bit. And as I've been saying, month after month after damn month, we're not prepared. We need more weapon systems. And by the way, you know what our government says about our military? That we are probably capable of fighting in one theater at a time and, vic- and having victory. But not more than that. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and get one month free. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. 230 economists. Wow. 230 economists, Fox Business, warned that mansion spending bill will perpetuate inflation. And I have another thing here from National Review. Congressional Budget Office, over 90% of promised deficit reduction in Manchin-Schumer 
will come after 2026. That means it'll never come. Then I have another one from the Fox News Channel. Manchin votes align closely with Schumer, Liberal Democrats, Warren and Sanders, despite portrayal as a moderate. Now, what does all this mean, taking these three together? That Manchin is a drama queen. That Manchin plays games. It's good on the filibuster, good on almost nothing else. He fought, they say, bring back better, whatever it was called. But then he turns around and he cuts a trillion dollar deal. Utterly and completely unreliable. Fox Business, Kelly Locko, over 230 economists warned Manchin's spending bill will perpetuate inflation. A letter sent to House and Senate leadership from 230 economists argue that the bill is expected to contribute to skyrocketing inflation and will burden the U.S. economy, contrary to President Biden and Democrats' claims. I think that's significant. They wrote in a letter first obtained by Fox News Digital, the U.S. economy is at a dangerous crossroads. The inaptly named, they say, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 would do nothing of the sort and instead would perpetuate the same fiscal policy errors that have helped precipitate the current troubling economic climate. A few of the notable signers include Nobel laureate Vernon Smith, former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, Kevin Asset, former director of the Office of Management and Budget, Jim Miller, and Robert Heller, former president of the Federal Reserve Board, 1986 to 1989. In addition, professors from the University of Chicago, Princeton, Duke, University of Virginia, Columbia University, University of Notre Dame, were listed on the letter dated today. And the experts conclude that although they agree with an urgent need to address inflation, Manchin's bill is a misleading label applied to legislation that would achieve the opposite effect. So, it's Manchin who's the liar. And by the way, the University of Pennsylvania model, which these knuckleheads in Washington always rely on, said essentially the same thing. Manchin said, eh, they're lying. Biden, of course, urged Congress to pass the bill, and they are poised to pass it. Everybody's waiting for cinema. But cinema, don't expect her help. She's toast. May I call her cinema toast, Mr. Producer? The She's a uh, Democrat basically has voted the same with all the other Democrats except for here and there. Uh, they try and po- you know position her and Manchin as moderates because... In the end, they do what needs to be done for the Democrat Party. And she's demanding some uh, special changes to the bill that would help her re-election, she believes, one day. But the hell with the country. The hell with the country. Schumer's touted the Inflation Reduction Act as an immediate solution to inflation. Now, what would Schumer know? The Inflation Reduction Act will lower inflation, lower the cost of prescription drugs, close loopholes, and, of course, unleash 87,000 auditors against you, the American people. Against you, the American people. Hey, we're going to have a string of successes here for Biden. Isn't that what they say? Oh, yeah. 
String of successes. Um, shocking. Now the Congressional Budget Office. National Review, Philip Klein. Klein's a good guy. Senator Manchin has been making the rounds promoting the deal he struck with Senate Majority Leader Schumer. Closer look at a fresh analysis of the bill from the Congressional Budget Office, which is part of Congress. That over 90% of the promised deficit reduction in the bill would come after 2026, meaning it would do absolutely nothing to help reduce the current inflation problem. So the spending is immediate, and the so-called reductions are years away, which means never, never. The basic mechanics of Manchin-Schumer is that it spends hundreds of billions of dollars on so-called green energy initiatives and on Obamacare expansion which is then offset by tax hikes, claim savings from having Medicare fixed drug prices, and increase IRS enforcement. Taken together, the CBO expects these measures will reduce deficits by maybe $305 billion, of which $204 billion would come through the expected boost in revenue from the enforcement provisions. In other words, they want $204 billion from you. That's why they're hiring more auditors. By the way, the bill is structured. The spending increases occur immediately. The claim savings take effect over a period of time. Exactly the sort of shell games Manchin warned about last year when he blasted Democrats for not considering the permanent cost of expanding government. Now listen to this. Of the $305 billion in promised deficit savings over the next decade, CBO says just $21 billion will be coming over the next five years. In other words, it's bullcrap. And then it's this. Fox News. Tyler Olson. Joe Manchin voted with Senator Bernie Sanders 88% of the time this Congress. With Elizabeth Warren 91% of the time. According to the ProPublica database. ProPublica is a radical red platform. Significantly, he also agreed with Senate... Majority Leader Schumer, 91% of the time with his votes. That number is lower than most other Democrats, including so-called moderate Senator Kirsten Sinema, who voted with Schumer 96% of the time. The bulk of other Senate Democrats voted with Schumer 98% of the time. These people have special shoes on, special boots. You know that, Mr. Producer? So they can all march in rhythmic line. Manchin, however, toes the party line on votes much more often than some GOP moderates. Susan Collins casts her vote with McConnell only 62% of the times. She voted more with Schumer, 73% of the time. That is unbelievable. Susan Collins voted with Schumer more than she voted with McConnell. Now, it's bad enough to vote with McConnell, but she voted with Schumer more than McConnell. Lisa Murkowski votes with McConnell 68% of the time. Let's see here. Even Senator Lindsey Graham. 73% of the time with McConnell. The bottom line is he portrays himself as a moderate, but at the end of the day, Manchin always ends up where Schumer needs to be. And of course, he... uh, backed and voted Hillary Clinton in 2016. Tim Scott is slated to come on Monday, talk about policy, politics, and his new book, and I am going to ask him about Lisa Murkowski. 
<clears throat> because her positions would seem to run contrary to his views, particularly when it comes to education. So uh, I do need to understand that because I don't. People have said, why don't you cancel him? Cancel him because he's been invited. He has to come on. So I'm supposed to cancel him? We've asked Liz Cheney to come on multiple, multiple times. Why would I cancel him? I want her on. But she won't come on and I can't subpoena her. But Daddy put out a very ugly ad in the in Wyoming. He called Trump a coward. I don't know. I don't remember that Cheney served either, quite frankly. I don't know what he means by that. And a liar about the election. He lost. As I explained before, he and Bush, with the leadership of Ben Ginsburg, a Republican uh, operative in Washington, a lawyer, uh, they litigated in an awful lot of areas in order to win the 2000 election. But, of course, that was legit. You know, that's, that's different. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. Now, ladies and gentlemen... Quite possible we won't win the Senate. And of course, what the media and the rhinos are saying, it's because of bad Senate candidates. There are some bad Senate candidates. But it's more than that. Because even bad Senate candidates have a shot. The never-Trumpers, led by George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Chris Christie, Larry Hogan, and people of their ilk, Chris Sununu. They don't want these Republicans to win. They'd rather that they lose and the Democrats win. Because just like most of the Democrats, these Republicans, in my humble opinion, they're more interested in political party power and who controls the party apparatus than they are in the end in the country. And that's exactly what I said. They're not outspoken strongly against the Democrat candidates and what the Democrats are doing. They join in in all the shots against Trump and for that matter in many cases DeSantis as well as others. And so 
when you have a party, you know, we talk about the divided Democrats. In the end, they vote 98% with each other. When you have a Republican Party with the Romneys, Rakowskis, Collins, and on and on and on, who break, and proudly so, and do it self-righteously because they're narcissistic, or former officials who want to start a third party, or the likes of whom I've already mentioned, it's hard to win the Senate under those circumstances. It's easier to win in congressional districts. It's hard to win. Well, plenty of time to talk about this down the road, but I'm just telling you that there's a combination of things that are problematic. And, of course, Mitch McConnell will sit back, pretend he has clean hands, and say the problem was MAGA, the problem before was the Tea Party, problem before that was the Reaganites, we could have won more, you know, that sort of crap. It's a lie. And part of the problem is McConnell. For example, what exactly are the Republicans at a group, as a group in the Senate, what are they running on? What are they running on? Nothing. It's every man and woman for him or herself. At least on the House side, McCarthy and Scalise and Elise, they have them pretty much running on a contract for America, just like with Gingrich. You have... uh, Rick Scott trying to slap something together, but he's not the majority leader, or the Republican leader, I should say. So Mitch McConnell thinks he's clever. He's not clever. And one of the reasons we don't win the majority in the Senate enough is because of McConnell. They don't have a consistent, universal, conservative message. Period. He relies on you and me to carry them over the finish line. The parents... Tea Party, all the rest, and then he trashes us. Because he's the worst kind of Republican, frankly. Please go to Amazon.com. The Spanish language version of American Marxism is out. It's been out since Tuesday. And even if you speak only English, even if you're an Anglo like me, you know a lot of people who speak Spanish. I'm handing this book out left and right. I have to pay what you pay, by the way. I want as many people to read this in the Hispanic slash Latino community as possible. I think we have an opportunity here to build on the, on the progress and the success that's already taken place. But to make it permanent, to enshrine it on the American body politic, to tack to it. Like that big slob who's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania, Fetterman. I spent a lot of time on that jerk yesterday going through where he stands. He's a commie. Did I say commie? I said he's a commie. And he's got a lot in common with Karl Marx. Did you know this? A lot in Lurch, too. But Karl Marx. And I'm going to tell you why briefly when we return. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? 
This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Man, oh, man, I got a lot I want to get to in our power hour, number three. Plus, I want to get to some callers. But before we do, I want to get this in. And that would be a a young lady who goes to a school board meeting. And she's uh, really fed up with what's taking place at this school board. She's furious. She's African-American by appearance, it's in a video, to the Texas House of Representatives. Let's play it. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. So I filed the first federal lawsuit against woke indoctrination in America, in Nevada. And I live here now. And if my daughter is taught CRT at all, I will sue you. If my daughter is taught SEL at all, I will sue you. I am encouraging every parent I know to sue you. To sue every teacher, principal, every system, everybody up the chain. Because we're tired, y'all. We don't need CRT. We don't need SEL. We don't need, hey, listen, I'm an atheist, bisexual, biracial, homeless person. I want school choice. I do not want my child to be taught that just because she's black and a woman, she ain't gonna make it. I do not want my child to be taught that she needs to express herself sexually in her classroom. And in the Bible, there's no depictions of blowjobs. None, not one. Let's do the context, right? In the Bible, or in Chaucer for that matter, there's no depictions of angels. That's not happening. In no classic ever. This is the context. This is what we're talking about. Y'all are tripping. Every single day we go to schools and we see our teachers lie to us, lie right to our faces. And y'all say you have your best, our best interest at heart. So where why do, why does everything have to be so difficult? Why can't we just go to people and say, hey, look, this is wrong? And state the reasons why, and then they fix it. Why does it have to be X, X amount of steps to get to where we need to be? Why do you have to be a lawyer in order to figure all of this stuff out? Mm-hmm. 
I swear to you, I promise you, I will turn this into a class action lawsuit, ambulance chasing business. And you ambulance chasing. I think she must listen to the uh, Mark Levin radio show, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Reason why teachers are leaving, because I had te- dinner with a teacher from, uh, uh, from Arthur last night. They're leaving because they don't want to give their pronouns. They don't want to have to supervise people in the bathroom because they're having sex in the bathrooms. They don't want to have to deal with that stuff. They don't want to have to deal with these, these kinds of issues. They're, you know, and we don't have to invalidate all of these teachers' issues with their, with their emotional support learning. We don't need that. Our kids are not your emotional support animals. Stop treating them like that. I'm a mother. A mother, not a birthing person. I earned that right with my cellulite and my stretch marks. You're not going to do this to us. We will fight you every single day from now on. She's biracial, she says, bisexual, homeless lady. Extraordinarily articulate. And absolutely right on about what she's saying. Absolutely fantastic at a board meeting so there you have it very very important I think I don't think that these Marxist movements understand the extent to which they have awakened so many Americans of every party every race so forth and so on as we talk about often now this guy Fetterman Just one more point. I spent a lot of time on this yesterday, and I won't spend as much today. It's another reason Republicans, conservatives, independents must rally behind Dr. Oz. Breitbart, blue-collar, tough guy, John Fetterman, lived off parents' money until his mid-40s. You know who else did that? But really, almost till he died, was Karl Marx. Talked against capitalism. His father was a wealthy lawyer. His father subsidized him, subsidized his rent used to play the equivalent of the stock market in England. So Fetterman fits the build. And as ugly as Marx was, Fetterman is worse. Pennsylvania Democrat, Jordan Dixon Hamilton, U.S. nominee John Fetterman's blue-collar image, is being called into question after reports revealed he lived off of his parents' money well into his mid-40s. It's a little... It's a little different than the Bidens because Biden lived off Hunter's money, didn't he, Mr. Producer? Although Fetterman runs ads that purport him to be a blue-collar tough guy, his parents reportedly financially supported him while he served as Mayor Braddock, Pennsylvania, for 13 years. Fetterman, who has acknowledged his cushy suburban childhood, has openly admitted to the financial contributions his parents gave him as an adult, for example, in 2015. 2015, folks, seven years ago. His parents gave him $54,000, which he disclosed during his failed 2016 Senate candidacy. According to the Pennsylvania Inquirer, it's the Philadelphia Inquirer. Both of his parents provided he and his wife four $13,500 gifts, totaling $54,000, which was just below the $14,000 threshold for taxable gifts at the time. In addition, Fetterman's father reportedly donated $100,000 single-candidate super PAC that backed his 2016 candidacy. Fetterman also received financial assistance from family members other than his parents in 2013 
He paid his sister $1 for a loft that she purchased for 70000 I wonder if he paid taxes on that, because that's a gift, too. Fetterman's annual salary while he served as Braddock mayor from 2016 to 2019 was $1,800. Dr. Oz's campaign blasted Fetterman after reports revealed he received an adult allowance for so many years. Oz campaign communications director Brittany Yannick told Fox News, Trans and spend billions more than even Biden. John Fetterman knows how to tweet, but apparently not how to type TurboTax.com. We suggest he take lessons in between his rush to get from one non-existent public event to the other. As you know, he's campaigning like Biden. Sitting on the toilet. Man had a major stroke. He cannot engage in, in, in a significant discussion or debate. Uh, he's been praised by the media for running a fantastic internet campaign, a modern campaign. No, they're covering for him. Oz called him a pretend populist. Many folks think it's because of the way he dresses with his hoodies and his shorts that he's been working his whole life. It's quite the opposite. Fetterman's campaign blasted Oz for being an ultra-millionaire. I guess they should blast his father and mother for being millionaires, right, Mr. Producer? You would think so, wouldn't you, ladies and gentlemen? John has spent his career, they say, Fetterman's campaign communications director, rolling up his sleeves and fighting for forgotten people and communities in Pennsylvania. No, he hasn't. Dedicated his life to public service and helping others. John had a good job with a good paycheck, but he gave it up to focus on serving the forgotten communities in Pennsylvania. Well, John forgot to visit these communities because he's stuck at home because he's hiding his both physical and mental impairment. And I don't say that to be funny. I say that so the public in Pennsylvania understands. So the public in Pennsylvania understands exactly who Fetterman is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Take some calls here. I haven't done that in a while. Let's go to William, Detroit, Michigan. I swear I can't tell where he's calling from. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine, and I, I thank you uh, for taking my call. And it's you got uh, it. Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Ah, XM Satellite. I'm sorry. Yep. Thank you. And we've and we've uh, we've talked together before. Um, but at, right at the start of the show, you were talking about China, and where, you, you were asking where are the uh, the top military leaders that were uh, are coming out and saying, "Hey, we're, we've got a problem here with China." And uh, well, I was not a top military leader, but I was in the top of the intel operational intel side, 
and when I when I retired. Yeah, I spent, All right. You know, what, 12, 14 years of uh, So of where are they? On, well, where are the, the top leaders? And who are they? I'm not um, hearing them. They are bought off. Well, okay. I can tell you who the uh, the ones that aren't that aren't paying attention. Uh, they do have a, a tough road. I mean, if they're still active duty, uh, as soon as they speak out, they're gone. That's, that, that's uh, the that's, problem. Exactly. I mean, we hear about wokeism. We hear about all this other stuff, but we don't hear about the great, strong men and women who lead the military. They don't even run ads like that anymore for recruitment and so forth. Instead, they're ads about diversity. I'm saying, where are the patents? Where are the uh, where are the great leaders in the military who will speak out and even risk their careers? They don't, they don't exist anymore. Well, there, all right, there. my friend. Thank you for your call. Let's continue. Richard Fayetteville, North Carolina, XM Satellite. Go. Mr. Levine, it is a rare privilege and honor to speak with a living legend, a man who is known throughout the civilized world as the great one. <laughs> I, together with millions of Americans, millions of patriotic Americans, Uh-oh. hold you in the highest regard, admiration, Uh-oh, and I hear a shoe falling. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mr. Levine, I defer to yes, your superior intellect and academic credentials and all things, so please permit me, allow me yes. to take issue with you on this one point. You sound like a great oh, Southern what? gentleman, by the way. Thank you, Mr. Levine. Of what benefit is it to the American people if we secure and guarantee the sovereignty of Taiwan, Ukraine, and any laundry list of other countries, South Korea, Japan, etc., when the existential threat to the sovereignty of our own nation, the liberty of our own people, is in not in Beijing or Moscow, but in Washington, D.C. I would remind everyone that the words spoken by the great emancipator himself, if the nation falls, it will not fall because of enemies from without, but because of enemies from within. Mr. Levin, there's a saying in Spanish that goes like this, un enemigo, hay que verlo como enemigo. The translation is that an enemy must be viewed for what he is. The enemy of our people is this illegitimate government brought to power by a national election whose authenticity is rejected by millions of our people. Mr. Levin, uh, we will not be celebrating Rosh Hashanah for another two and a half months, so I will say with conviction and sincerity, Shonah to God, to you and all your loved ones, and thank you for your... <laughs> wait, wait, don't run. Ask. Don't run. You're, you're fascinating to me. Uh, well, I haven't heard you, that. Mm-hmm. I have not heard that with a southern accent in a long time. I just want you to know. Southern accent Hebrew. That's pretty damn good there, Richard. All right. Well, I'm not, uh, I, I don't believe they're mutually exclusive, as you know. I believe what's happening inside this country is destroying it. That doesn't mean we ignore the fact that the communist Chinese are our enemy. How many more times do they have to say it? How many more missile systems, nuclear weapons, aircraft carriers, nuclear submarines, Panama Canal, uh, the, uh, where my great uncle fought, Guadal Canal? Why are they doing these things? They don't need hypersonic missiles to defeat any nation in the South China Sea area. This is all aimed at us. So we have a huge daunting task ahead of us. Some people downplay it. Some people say we're Americans, we'll overcome it. I'm sure the Romans said that and the Athenians said that. 
if we focus on what the problems are, we might overcome it. We might not. There is no guarantee. No free nation has lived in perpetuity. But they're not mutually exclusive to me, Richard. That is, we have a grave threat domestically, and we have this grave threat overseas. And I can't, I just can't play along that if we, you know, if we don't pay attention to China and all the rest of it, if we don't do that, then somehow we'll secure our border and improve conditions at home. We won't. We've got two battles. We've got the American Marxists here at home, and we've got Marxist regimes, among other types, as we do in China. I want to thank you, Richard. Really fantastic. Dan, Columbia, South Carolina, XM Satellite, go right ahead, please. Good evening, Mr. Levin. Thank you for letting me talk to you and hopefully answer my question. I just, it's pretty quick. It's your pleasure. Uh, thank you. I just heard you... I just heard you men. Um, you you bring in uh, Chris Sununu with He's a George wimp. W. Bush, Dick Cheney, all them, and I'm just wondering why you why you brought him in. I, I I don't feel like he is as much of a rhino. He he's been for Trump. He's said he's. I don't. Uh, it's I not a matter understand. for Trump. He's been uh, he's been a big spending governor of New Hampshire. By the way, he hasn't been for Trump, but that's not even the test. Uh, and he has uh, trashed other conservatives. He's not built up the Republican Party or the conservative movement in New Hampshire. The Sununu family, and I don't have anything against the Sununu, particularly the old man. I, I kind of like him. But uh, this particular Sununu, uh, not impressed. Tell me, what has he done that's so fantastic in New Hampshire? Well, exactly. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't live in New Hampshire, so I, I can't answer. No, but you're the but one calling. So I, I'm just curious. You're, you're right. You are right there. But I've, I, that, my question for, uh, for your producer was, I wanted to hear why you thought he was linked in with them because I've been here. Because he's the Larry Hogan of New Hampshire. Does that help you? Thank you. Thank he you. Pretty that, much is. He's he's pretty much a uh, tried and true rhino. Okay. I guess I'm spoiled. I I remember when there were real conservatives that came out of uh, New Hampshire, like Humphreys. Like the former governor was there 10 years. I wish I could remember his name. But he was fantastic. You know what their license plate said or used to say. I hope it still says it. Live free or die. You have all these people who moved into New Hampshire from Massachusetts. They're like locusts. I tell you this. The audience all the time. They move from Maryland to Virginia or D.C. to Virginia. They move from um New York, they destroyed Pencil, uh, uh, New Jersey, and they're destroying Pennsylvania. They move into other states, like locusts, the Democrats, the leftists. They vote, they get the hell out of what they've created, and then they vote the same exact way. Same exact way. And they moved into New Hampshire, and they vote like Democrats. And so you either have Republicans like, like DeSantis in Florida, who's changed the entire makeup of that state which was majority Democrat. Now there's majority, overwhelming majority registered Republicans. And he barely won when he ran for governor. He has fundamentally altered the state and the politics of the state, or you get the Larry Hogan's and the Chris Sununu's, who are basically surfers, riding the waves, self-promoters. They're not building anything lasting. It's a big difference. I shall return. Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, 
the top levels of the FBI must be fumigated somehow, someway. We learned something today at a hearing. The intrepid Senator Ted Cruz, who, by the way, would be a fantastic attorney general, too. Here's a number of questions for this Christopher Ray. I don't actually know why Trump would select him to be the head of the FBI. I wouldn't have selected him to be uh, a lawyer for car accident cases. Cut four, go. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material, which listed various symbols and themes which, in the FBI's estimation, were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. But instead, they included rather astonishingly patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list is the Betsy Ross flag. Now, that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag in the FBI's indication is indicative of violent of militia, violent extremism, because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross flag, we have President Barack Obama, who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags. But it's not just President Obama. We also have President Biden, who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags. It's not just the Betsy Ross flag. Also on this list is the Gadsden flag as a symbol of violent extremism. Now, the state of Virginia has a license plate for the Gadsden flag, as do many other states. I think people would be astonished to find that having that license plate, the FBI indicates that you're a violent extremist. Also included on this is a text that I was particularly struck is the Gonzalez battle flag. Come and take it. As indicative of being a violent extremist militia. Well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate I wear my boots that have the Gonzalez battle flag on the back of them. Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzalez battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? And the answer? What was the answer, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Okay, we didn't get it. The answer is no, he doesn't. In so many words. The answer is no, he doesn't. And yet there it is. There it is. So not only do Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other Marxist groups pull down our monuments, in effect... So is the FBI. Certainly symbolically. I don't know what's happened to the FBI. I don't know what's happened to the U.S. Attorney's offices. But we better get them back quickly because they're being turned against us. 
their resources are being used in many cases for the wrong things. I really believe this. And we have lots of evidence of it. Lots. Timothy, York, Pennsylvania on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Timothy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, sir. You got to help me here. My yes. family in Pennsylvania, they're all former Republicans, and they're one of vote for this guy, Fetterman. And I got to have some talking points to convince Wait a minute. Them. They're former Republicans? They're former. They're rhinos. And they want to vote for this guy. But I think all I you have to do them. is go on the Internet. And yesterday I went through this in great detail, so I can't do it again because all the audience is in front Pennsylvania. But that said, he is a radical on every single issue. Every single issue. Open borders, amnesty, vaccine mandates, massive tax increase, the Green New Deal. I mean, the question is, what isn't he a radical on? So with a little bit of loving what you were saying, yeah, I yeah was with a little bit of work that. on your own, seriously, you'll be able to print out a few things that show it to them. Okay. He was saying about all that money he was getting from his family. You were saying that earlier. I think that's really important. I was thinking about the great leader Donald, and he never got a cent from his family. He built it all from the ground up. And I was I think thinking, he got like, one million dollars, oh and then built a multi-billion dollar operation, and they resent that and they mock him. But if you're Fetterman, and if you've been uh, subsidized by daddy till you're in your mid-40s, and a lot of money, and his father's parents are fairly wealthy, uh, and then you come off like this hard-ass, tattooed, you know, blue-collar worker, which is what he succeeded to do with the help of the media. And right now he can't even campaign effectively, so the media are doing it for him uh, because he had this substantial stroke. So... You're going to have to do a little bit of research. It's not difficult. Go on the Internet. He's out there and, uh, and show it to them. And it's really, it's really appalling that even rhinos would vote for a radical, hardcore Marxist like this guy Fetterman. Timothy, thanks for your call. Let's go to Tim. Shiprock, New Mexico. Tim, how are you, sir? I am great, man. It's nice to talk to you in person. I'm, it's an honor. Thank you. How are you listening to us? I am listening on uh, KENN. It's an app. KENN, the Ken. uh, Yes, sir. You got it. Well, what I am bringing up this evening is um, you were on the subject of the Chinese buying up farmland here in the United States. Yeah, the Chinese government through front groups. Yep. Exactly. And I am... was in contact with a, a former special ops um, guy. And I live here in Shiprock, New Mexico, which is on the Navajo reservation in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and during the summer of 2020, there was a, um, a reservation official who brought the Chinese here who invested in a hemp farm operation and they invested millions in your reservation? Dollars. On your reservation? Yes, sir. Exactly. Oh, and at man. the time, marijuana was not legal and in here in New Mexico. And it was supposed to be hemp only, but 
the um, reservation police here had busted them with bundles and bundles of pounds of marijuana. And mm. the guy went on the run, um, supposed well, the uh, special operations, former special ops guy um, informed me that he brought the Chinese military onto the reservation. And during the summer of 2020, we did have hundreds and hundreds of Chinese here in our little town of Shiprock, New Mexico. Our small, quiet town was basically torn upside down. We would hear um, of people's homes getting shot up almost on a nightly basis. Well, what do you think these uh, they were doing and why? Well, for marijuana, to plant marijuana. They... And to sell it into the American public. To the American public, they're not shipping that back to China, I can guarantee that. No, it's all for the money. And, yeah, what they um, had taken over people's leases of their farms, and they developed people's former, you know, hay and corn and squash um, farms into marijuana um, operations. They set up uh, huge greenhouses. They set up, they brought in trailers for housing the uh, Chinese workers and, they, the Chinese government had put in millions of dollars into this operation, and there were so many people protesting. I, my, myself and my family were a part of the protest to put an end to all of this, and finally um, the uh, people of the reservation got loud enough to where the Navajo Nation president had to open an eye and um, pay attention to what you, was going on. You know what's on. amazing, Tim? But for you, I've never heard of this before. Why aren't the media reporting this? I mean, these these enclaves of the communist Chinese front organizations for the government buying into these areas. I mean, here, the Navajo Nation, for crying out loud, uh, they bought land near a, uh, a, a, a an American defense facility. Um, they're buying it up left and right. They need food. They can't feed themselves. So they're also buying farmland so they can export the corn and the wheat and whatever else they grow to their own country. I mean, what kind of a country allows this to happen? They're sitting on their hands in Congress. They're chasing other crap in Congress. What are they doing? Are you a Navajo yourself? Yes, sir, 100%. <laughs> can I tell you something that's a footnote here? I, oh, love, yes, Nav- love, to- I, I love Navajo jewelry. I oh. collect it. It's yeah, fantastic. It's beautiful. Everything. Oh, I'm telling you. And, you know, another point is why a big um, issue on what I think they're moving into this area is we have several power plants in this area. And ah, the power plants feed California, parts of uh-huh. Arizona, parts of uh, Nevada. And, mm-hmm. you know, there used to be a saying around here that we get the pollution while southern california gets the power so you know but it's very interesting you're saying there's a major power facility there well that answers the question then tim don't be a stranger call us again we appreciate it i'll be right back i didn't get to everything and there were things I wanted to talk about at some length, but I didn't get to that. You know, we do the best we can. 
I need my fourth hour, especially on WABC. Fourth hour. Is that asking too much? America's governor at it again. Gotta love this guy. He's ahead of the curve all the time. He's had enough with Soros-backed attorneys, states' attorneys, those are DA's equivalent. And so he has power in the state to suspend them and remove them. Cut 16, go. We don't elect people in one part of the state to have veto power over what the entire state decides on these important issues. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. This guy, I'm telling you, fantastic. Cut 17, go. We are not going to allow this uh, pathogen that's been around the country of ignoring the law. We are not going to let that get a foothold here in the state of Florida. We are going to make sure that our laws are enforced uh, and that no individual prosecutor puts himself above the law. And I can tell you the states and the localities that have allowed this to happen, uh, they are ruining the day. You want to know why some people are moving to Florida? Because their communities are no longer safe thanks to prosecutors that think they know better than the people's representatives and they get to pick and choose which laws that they are, they are enforcing. So this was something that uh, had had a lot of input around the state. This is something that I think is a very, very important issue across our country that this movement would be allowed to take hold where you basically elevate your own personal conception of, quote, social justice over what the law requires of you. And I would note those who say this represents social justice. Look at San Francisco. They had to recall this prosecutor who was put in, funded by people like George Soros, saying he's not going to prosecute. They did the recall election. He was recalled, even in a very liberal jurisdiction. But the places that voted to keep him were the affluent communities who are not bearing the brunt of the policies. And now you know why Governor DeSantis is hated by the American media. He's sensible. He's rational. He doesn't just say things. He does things. He represents the families of this country. He has good taste. He doesn't embrace the perversions that are being imposed on our children. He believes in equality. He believes in justice. He believes in science. You know, people talk about conservatism a lot. People talk about constitutionalism a lot. Here's a man who talks about it and acts on it. And when you're a governor... You have the power to actually act on these conservative principles. Unlike Sununu in New Hampshire, unlike Hogan in Maryland, and the list goes on and on and on with these rhinos. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We salute our truckers. We salute the people in Ukraine and Taiwan. And I salute you, the great American people. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. 